Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ plus communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities. I'm your host, Jack Ranjanan, and in this episode of Well, 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 we're heading over to Adelaide uh, to hear about uh, the AIDS Memorial Quilts, the South Australian quilts specifically, uh, as part of a forum that was held during Feast Festival in November 2023. Feast Festival is Adelaide's Pride Festival. It's similar to Midsummer in Melbourne and Mardi Gras in Sydney. And we're going to hear from health educators, Sky Bartlett and Nikki Sullivan, and art historian Timothy Roberts, a little bit about the history of quilt making within the context of the AIDS epidemic in both the US and Australia, um, the power of these quilts to raise awareness and break stigma, and uh, the this sort of different qualities of memorialization and advocacy that these quilts have really been part of and responsible for uh, over the many years that they've existed. And they speak a little bit about the history uh, that the South Australian quilts have uh, and how the, that history is a little bit different to the Victorian AIDS memorial quilts uh, that were uh, heritage listed over the last year or so. Uh, that's coming up this episode on Well, Well, Well. From HIV to COVID-19, STIs and everything in between, you're listening to Well, Well, Well on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For those of you who don't know me, and for those who do, my name is Sky Bartlett. I'm the team manager of Samesh, um, a role that I have been in for uh, almost six years now. Um, and the very first day that I was in the office, I received a phone call from a community member uh, wanting to know where the AIDS memorial quilts were. Um, and I didn't have an answer. I didn't know. Um, and I did some research and it took me quite a long time to find where they had gone. Um, but it has been uh, literally my entire work life getting these quilts back to Adelaide. So um, it's such an enormous pleasure and such an enormous privilege to uh, be able to return them home. Um, as I said, we're going to keep it fairly light and conversational tonight. And I know we promised a forum, we sort of lied, but you know, there's, there's three of us, so I suppose that is a forum of sorts. Um, to my left, uh, I have the amazing Timothy Roberts, who is an amazing uh, queer historian and has done an incredible uh, amount of research uh, on the, not only these quilts, but also some of the other quilts. Uh, around Australia. You would like to talk a little bit more about yourself, Tim? Um, using that really. theatre voice that projects. <laughs> okay, using the theatre voice that projects. <laughs> um, by day, I'm an art historian. Uh, so I work over at the David Roche Foundation House Museum there. Uh, and I guess, you know, I, I relate my my kind of investment in queer memory uh, to my own personal experience. It's, it's something that's just extended organically out of my practice. Uh, and 
I don't hold myself to the same rigour, I think, that I would for art history because it's not necessarily about searching for truth as much as preserving what we've got and, and, and not losing what we've got because um, there is so much loss within our community. So um, these stories particularly are quite important to work on. Absolutely. Uh, and to my right, I have my lovely colleague, Nikki Sullivan, Dr. Nikki Sullivan, um, who is part of the SAMESH team. Would you like to talk a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I am a project coordinator here. I've been here for just over two years now. Um, I met Sky because I worked at the History Trust as a curator and um, Sky approached us about putting on an exhibition of the quilts and so that was how we first made contact and really how I ended up here. But I guess, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in queer histories and in how we preserve those histories, both tangible and intangible. I think nobody's going to preserve them for us. And so it's up to us to make sure that we collect those stories and, you know, ensure that they are in places where they can be cared for. Um, and so that's a little bit of the work that I do here, but I do other things too, which are not to do with tonight. Um, so uh, I've got a couple of talking points here that we'll refer to throughout the evening, but um, we're, we're just basically going to have a little bit of a conversation about our experiences with the quilts and why we think they're important. Um, but we will kick off with uh, a little bit of history, I suppose, about how the quilts came about um, and the concept of AIDS Memorial quilts in general. Um, so I'm going to kick over to Tim for that, okay. um, who's going to tell you all a little bit about the background of the uh, AIDS Memorial quilt. Okay, so the AIDS Memorial quilt um, has its history entrenched in the, in the story of America's um, quilting tradition. Uh, quilting is a big pastime in America and it's, it's a very established pastime. Whereas we have a lot of quilting groups here uh, in Australia and they're very passionate uh, and all about skill sharing, you see this on a family level in America. Um, quilts can be handed through families for many generations, in some cases for over centuries. Uh, and it's a little bit more just within the scope of everybody's mindset over there. In 1985, a gentleman called Cleve Jones goes to San Francisco and he sees some memorializations to Harvey Milk, uh, which are done in the form of these banners that are hung over some of the buildings uh, during a memorial service. And he likened them to a patchwork quilt. And he went away and he, he kind of, you know, didn't necessarily percolate that idea any further. But then seeing his community getting further and further into the grips of a crisis and seeing more and more people die. Um, and, and we are all aware of that, but I will do the content uh, disclosure tonight that we will be talking about death and we will be talking about um, subjects that are very hard. Uh, for, for some of us, and I apologise if I do get a bit teary over some court panels. Um, but he eventually came to an idea that struck that a lot of the community that he was seeing were not getting memorialised in any particular way. 
uh, families were not paying as much attention as they may pay to the rest of their children if their children were dying. There were some people who, who were not buried with the rest of their family. There were some people who were in unmarked graves. There were some people whose bodies were not picked up because their family did not want to uh, deal with the shame that could be brought upon their name. Um, there needed to be a way of memorialising these people and quite, quite frequently it's when your found family comes to you. And this memory of seeing a patchwork quilt, uh, it, it inspired him and so he thought, okay, let's do this. And he banded together with a group of friends, about eight other friends, and they established uh, what is today known uh, as the Names Quilt Project in the United States. Um, there were express directions around this. Each quilt had to be two metres long and it had to be one metre wide. Um, in America, it was obviously the six foot by three foot format. Um, and that specifically references a body. Um, likening to a, to a bed or to a grave to allow space for this person. And on that, on that quilt, uh, you could put various details. They would capture other details from the quilters themselves, who did the quilt, who, um, who, uh, what, what the symbolising means, who it's after. Uh, and, and slowly but surely they grew this amazing and phenomenal piece of folk art that is today recognised as the largest piece of folk art in the world. Well, fast forward to 1987, uh, sorry, Atlanta. Uh, we've got an Australian over there, Andrew Carter. Andrew Carter's doing a tour of the US and Andrew Carter sees uh, this court project laid out by now able to fit uh, on football fields, able to fit in stadiums. And he's, he's phenomenally inspired by it and moved by it. And he's like, we could do this in Australia. The Australian Quilt Project is one of the earliest offshoot projects uh, of the American Quilt Project. Uh, Australia, Britain and, and New Zealand are all among the earliest uh, communities. And so we've got the most complete and, and large scale representations of, of this memorial. He came back and he banded together a few of his friends and they developed a similar thing. Actually, I'll go back one step. He changed his itinerary before he did that and went over to San Francisco where the Quilt Project was now established in the United States and got the parameters from them and worked out how they were doing it. Um, he was that moved that he, he did try and get real information about how we could make this work. Uh, the Quilt Project was launched uh, in December 1988 uh, in Sydney. Uh, it was in the, uh, there, was, there was a memorial service in, um, in town, but then they actually launched the, launched the parks down at the Sydney Dance Studios in 1988. Um, the long-term um, AIDS advocate and HIV advocate, um, Ida Buttrose was there and speaking at that event, providing some high profile voices to ensure that this gets out there, but the project itself was still always community driven. Uh, contact was made with the various street rags around the nation uh, and quilting workshops were done initially in Sydney and then Melbourne and then they spread out around Australia. Uh, when that quilt project was launched in 1988, there were four blocks of eight panels 
uh, and there are a few there are a few ones that haven't been mounted into a block yet. There were I think there were 30, 30, 30 quilts on display in total um, in these large format blocks. And um, then uh, today there are a hundred and twenty plus, uh, and they memorialise over two and a half thousand uh, individuals in Australia. Um, who have passed away because of AIDS-related illness uh, and keep their memories alive with us today. I think it's really um, interesting the, um, the transition from uh, quilting as a, you know, a, a form of protection, keeping us warm, um, to a pastime, to a form of memorialization. Um, and I, I love that it's, it's folk art, um, that it's, uh, it's a community crafting project uh, and when I think of the words community crafting project oddly enough I do think of unity um, because you have been involved in community crafting for such a long time you did such an incredible job with uh, stitch and resist um, over COVID as well um, so and you run of course sustainable style at the moment what do you think that the quilts say about our community and the response to HIV through craft and um, how that has evolved? Mm, mm. That's a good question. I mean, I think it's a difficult question in, in one sense, but I think you've only got to look at the quotes and I'm sure that there are people here today who did have input into the creation of some of these. And I'm sure that what you will say is that each of these pieces was made with love. You know, it, it is a sitting together with the people that you love and who love the person who's passed and working together to remember them, to talk about them, to continue their life and what they contributed to the world on. And I think, you know, in lots of ways, this kind of quilting, as I think sort of community making more generally, is a, it's, a, it's a therapeutic activity. It's, it's an activity that is about building community. It's about building resilience. It's about creating legacy um, and working together to do all of those things. And I think that, you know, when you look at these, yeah, you, you can feel, I mean, this is what I think is so amazing about them. You can see pictures of them and you feel something, but you see them in the flesh, so to speak, and you can feel, well, I think everybody can, I can. It's like you can feel all of the emotion that has gone into making those pieces, all of the, you know, the conversations, the remembering, the coming together. Um, and I think that we're, as a community, we're not we're not a perfect community, but we we can, at times, come together and do this kind of work. And I think it's really important for our um, continuation, for our sanity, for our well-being, that we continue to do this kind of work. That we don't just do it in the face of, you know, massive widespread tragedy, but that we actually do it all the time. You know, there are many many people that have contributed to our communities, to where we are now, that we can memorialize in, in all sorts of ways. Whether that's making something for yourself to wear that doesn't look like it memorializes anybody at all, but in fact it does because you're 
capacity to express yourself is is built on the shoulders of those who came before you. Um, so yes, I think you know this is is um, testimony to our communities and to the way that we deal with all of the difficulties that that you know have informed these amazing pieces. What do we think that the the quilt says about raising awareness and breaking stigma and um, really confirming that you know people are people no matter what? What 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 do we, what do we think about that? Um, you see, incredible and and this I really like that reminder. Thank you for saying that to the audience about the fact that you know this isn't a statistic. Um, you can read some of these these quilt panels like a biography, like a book. I know what some of these boys got up to in the bedroom um, because I can read those colours. <laughs> and you can you can actually go through some of these and, and, and really make relatable understandings with some of them. I've I've seen some wonderful panels. Uh, one of the one of the panels that I really love uh, back home in Queensland, uh, it's now preserved in the Powerhouse Museum, is uh, is one uh, for David Cop. Now, David uh, was a legendary MC, uh, known to most people in Queensland during his lifetime because he MC'd for many years at the Queen's Balls. Uh, but David, even at the most awful stages of his illness. Uh, would still be on the dance floor at options every Saturday night. And he was famed for being that kind of dance floor hog as well. Um, so in one of the two quilts that preserve him, you've got these dance steps there and musical notes and everything. And, and the, you know, this ability for these objects to act as a way of us biographizing, well, a, a, as a biograph of each person uh, is so important because we can share those stories and they become this... Um, they become sort of the beginning of forming a holistic understanding of our community. We see leadership in strange ways. One of the one of the quilts that we don't have on display tonight uh, is is of a theatre producer in Sydney who was uh, quite well known at the time of, of his life for incorporating communities that normally wouldn't have access to the stage, most notably communities with disability, and putting them straight on the stage and giving them that that opportunity and that empowerment um, and this only comes about because you get to dig deeper uh, and you get to explore lives um, this is such a wonderful document that that just shows us something like everybody here tonight you know these are ordinary Australians doing the most wonderful and extraordinary things in our daily lives yeah I was gonna ask you Sky you know obviously these these began their life as sort of acts of memorialization, they're objects that memorialize people. They're, they're in one sense, they're also acts of activism because I think they did from the very beginning tackle stigma and discrimination. But they've now sort of taken on a different role, if you like. So we know that some of them are now heritage listed, for example. Um, what do you think? has happened you know in the history of this context where they've now become cultural artifacts and where do they go from here do you think as Nikki said they have been heritage listed uh, in Victoria the Victorian quilts 
Um, and we have, I think it's fair to say, lost. Uh, we had lost uh, a very important part of our social history uh, when they um, left South Australia and went over to Victoria um, for a variety of reasons. Um, but we have them back now, and that's, that's of vital importance, that they are back here in the community. I think, you know, we do have to look at the fact that they are now cultural artifacts. Uh, they speak of a very particular time. Um, quilt making has, I guess, um, fallen from fashion um, because, you know, with uh, amazing developments in HIV treatments, um, highly active um, antiretroviral therapies, uh, we aren't seeing... Um, the magnitude of AIDS-related deaths that we were seeing in the 80s and the 90s. So in some ways, and, and, and I, uh, you're right, I'm talking from a historical um, and abstract kind of point of view that, you know, we are talking, you know, 40 years since the documented um, emerge, uh, emergence of HIV and AIDS, um, even though, as we know, uh, it likely... Um, developed in the 19th century and uh, became more verifiable in the 1920s. Um, we are talking about a very particular, a very particular time um, that, you know, is almost collective trauma for um, many members of the queer community. And these, I think, were comforting at the time. And I like to think that they're still comforting now um, because they, they are super important. Um, speaking to um, the idea that we, we do have um, people uh, in the room who have created, uh, we've got people in the room who knew these individuals. Um, when these quilts came uh, back uh, in the two tranches that they came back, um, this is incidentally the second time that I'm seeing these ones, so they're, they're, these ones are new to me. Um, the other ones that, that we have in Samesh um, I was able to do um, considerable research on both using document and, and starting to talk to people as well. Uh, but the more people that come forward and the more people who share their memories give us a richer story as well. Um, and one of the things that, um, you know, earlier when I said, you know, forgive me if I, if I do get teary, um, one, of, one of the... Uh, people that I, I was searching for because it was so hard to get information anywhere else and and um, some some people in the audience may remember um, Piers Stewart um, the one of the child who um, passed away at the age of 10 it was very hard to get any documentary information it's very hard for us because we don't document children um, being able to connect with people and then eventually find my way to a peer support officer who was able to tell me things like, you know, the, the way that they'd, um, you know, have a, have a chat down on, this, on, the, ta on the trampoline in the backyard. Um, and and these, these beautiful little stories like, oh, I've, I've still got a, a jar of the jam that he made and um, a, a colleague still has uh, the terracotta flower pot that he made. Um, really shows that these people are still part of a part of their lives, and um, whereas we do 
have to do a process of documentation, I think it's really, really important that, um, and, and part of what this event tonight is about as well, um, is to continue making those linkages so people can come forward uh, and speak with the staff here and, and capture those memories um, so our story doesn't get lost. Absolutely. And um, it is about preserving the memories um, but it's also about preserving the quilts. And that was one of the points that I was going to make um, about the idea of them becoming cultural artifacts. Mm. Um, the importance of that is also the importance of keeping their fabric, their literal fabric together um, so that we can share these stories and the memory of these people for many, many years to come. Um, these are conservation nightmares um for a variety of reasons but um not not least because they're made from so many different um disparate elements um you know we're talking about things like texture or puff paint which don't necessarily last um you know there's there's one down here that has stones uh, and feathers attached to it we're, we're looking at plastic and early iron-on transfers that you know, after 30, 20, 30 years are not, are not lasting as long. So um, in some ways, it's really important that we treat them as living memories. Um, and that is very important. Um, but in some ways, and, in, and mostly, I suppose, in very practical ways, we have to treat them as um, very precious things that um, need to be conserved. And luckily, we have a great relationship with ArtLab um, who have already done some incredible work uh, on these quilts. I think there we might close off. Um, that'll give everyone an opportunity to spend some time with the quilts. Come up and share some stories with us. Um, Tim has been doing incredible work collecting as much information uh, about the quilts as possible, and I'm sure he would love uh, to make some connections with um, anyone in the room who might have some uh, memories of making them or memories of some of the people uh, represented here. Um, so please don't be shy, come up and say hello. Um, grab a cup of coffee, grab a snack, nowhere near the quilts. Um, so thank you all for being here. Thank you to Tim. I'd like to um, say thank you to thank Nikki. You for bringing them back. Thank you. That means a lot to me. That, that really makes the whole process um, worthwhile. So thank you all. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. That's all we have time for on the show this week. Thank you so much for joining us. If you missed part of this episode or want to catch up on previous episodes, you can head to the Joy website, joy.org.au slash wowwowwell. Or if you want to email us uh, any suggestions for future topic discussions or have any questions for us, you can email those through to wowwowwell at joy.org.au. But that is it for this week. Thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and wellbeing and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.